Today's podcast is brought to you by ELIC. Now listen, friends, as you know, it's my mission to bring hope to humans all over planet Earth, and I couldn't be more excited about partnering with this incredible organization that's doing that exact thing and actually creating life change in some of the most challenging places in the world, like Asia, the Middle East, and North Africa. Listen to this. You ready? You're not ready for this. ELIC is dedicated to changing lives by equipping and sending people to teach English in these unreached areas. That is right. I believe Dios es el mismo en inglés y español. God is the same in English and in Spanish. But guess what? Most of the products and content that people get around the world is in English. And so they provide training, support, and a team of passionate people who are ready to make a difference. So listen up. Whether you're a college student, a recent graduate, or beyond, ELIC has a program for you. For example, they have two to six week options in the summer that are perfect for college students and recent graduates. So if you're ready to create hope with a global impact, visit elic.org slash human hope. You are listening to the Human Hope Podcast with your host, Carlos Enrique Gutierrez Manchibo Cabello. Men, women, and children, hope is in the building. Oh, what is going on, familia? Listen, I'm not the hope in the building. Uh, uh, I'm not the hope. No, I'm not the hope. No, I'm not the, I'm not the, I'm not the hope. No, I'm not the hope. I got some friends. I got some friends here. Man, I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling the rhymes this week. I got some friends here today that are literally going to infuse hope into anyone that deals with little kids, big kids, all the kids, middle kids, all of them. If you're a teacher, if you're an auntie, if you're a parent, this is for you. You know what I've done? I have brought in our kids' therapists, Sissy, Goff, and David Thomas. I brought them into, and they're also, I mean, you guys know them already. They're, they are the hosts of Raising Boys and Girls. I mean, I've had each of them actually on the podcast separately before. I've never had them on together. Holy cow! Y'all ain't ready for this. So I need you to... This is one where you're, you're, yeah, listen to it in the car on your walk or whatever, but you're going to need to grab yourself a journal and a pen because some of the wisdom that they drop on this episode is going to literally change your life. Woo. I don't ever get to say that, but oh my gosh, literally what they tell us today is we, we, we lean into, into boys. We lean into girls. We lean into socialized behavior. We lean into uh, medicating behavior. We lean into girls and anxiety, perfectionism. You know, we, we lean into how we tend to ask boys what they do or think rather than how they feel. We lean into all of it. And I just can't, I can't, I can't, I can't tell you how excited I am. So that's coming in just a minute. Uh, but can can we lean into my feelings for a second that at the point of recording this, I just moved my daughter out, Sayana, of the house. It doesn't feel real yet because her, there's still her crap everywhere. Like I'm looking around, I'm like, oh, that's Sayana's, that's Sayana's. But no, she's in an apartment, her own apartment, and it's 15 minutes away. It may as well be 15 hours away. She's not going to be home today. Why? Because she doesn't live here. And that's weird. And... Maybe I can call Sissy and David to help me with this. This Maybe this needs to be an entirely its own episode. 
like, how do you, how do you do this? Well, how do you transition your children into adulthood? Well, what do you guys think? Should we do that? Cause listen, if it wasn't for my wife, my, my kids would be, I don't know, maybe in prison. I don't know, but they're not. I'm so proud of her. It's on my Instagram stories, but actually it's not by the time you hear this. So if you, if you missed it, you missed it. But yeah, she's, she's in, she's moved in with three roommates to an incredible apartment complex. And, you know, as a dad, you know, I, when I was moving around, I'm looking at like, who's walking by, who were the neighbors? Where's that guy live? What kind of cars are right? I like all the things. Yeah. I'm, I'm in, I'm in blatant dad mode right now. Really big dad mode. So, and you know, so Hala, our oldest is getting married in uh, May and she's just, she's staying here because she's saving money. Unlike her sister who's dropping dimes left and right. Okay. It just, I just wanted you guys to know that where I'm at as I share this episode, I'm in all of my feelings. I did share something on my Instagram story this morning that is a reel that you guys can go back and watch, but it was just 60 seconds of me saying, you know, I hear a lot of parents saying things like time is a thief and I get it. I get, it can feel that way. Right. Or life is flying by. And again, I understand why people say it. It can feel that way, but can I tell you something. Time is a gift. And we're flying by life. We, that, that's actually the truth. Because I know, I know a lot of parents that haven't had the gift of the time they've spent with their kids because they're not here anymore. I, I know that you may be listening to this podcast and you may be thinking to yourself, I don't know, Carlos, my relationship is, they're ruined with my kids. Uh, guess what? Time is a gift. You have more. If you're listening to this, you have more time. And we, we're the ones flying by life. Ain't nobody saying life is flying by, you know, 300 years ago. No, we are moving so fast. So I like to say, move at God's speed. If you came out to tour this summer, you heard me say this a lot. I like to live at God's speed, which is three miles an hour, which is how fast a human being walks. Now you may be thinking, if you follow me online, you don't move at God's speed. You're right. I have to force myself every day because I'm flying. Everything is going so fast. Okay. There's a lot. We got some, uh, we got some words coming from our friends, Dave and Sissy. Sissy Goff and David Thomas, let me give you a little, uh, like, like a, little, a little bio. I mean, this is professional. There's some of my good friends, but let me introduce exactly who Dave and Sissy Goff are. So, so those of you that are like, I don't get it. Like, why are you so excited about these two people? Let me tell you. Let me, actually, I want to I read like their official, official bio on the Daystar Counseling Ministries, Inc. website. Ready? Sissy Goff. Sissy joined Daystar as a counseling intern just a few short years after it began. Now, hold on. Sissy doesn't look like she could have done that because she looks like she's 35. While getting her master's at Vanderbilt University, she quickly became an integral part of building Daystar into what it is today, as well as a trusted voice in the lives of, this is not a lie, thousands of girls and families over the past 25 plus years. In addition to counseling, she oversees the big picture as co-executive director, supervises the girl staff and leads two groups, meets with initial assessments, orchestrates Hopetown Summer. Sissy does it all. She's a sought after speaker for parenting events across the country, and she co-hosts the Raising Boys and Girls podcast with Dave, who we're going to talk about now, Dave Thomas. Okay, so Sissy was my girl's therapist, and she has walked through my daughters through very traumatic seasons. David Thomas is director of family counseling at Daystar, which is where our kids go. 
and he has been part of the Daystar staff for the last 25 years. He guides Daystar as a co-executive director. Hey, I guess co with Sissy. Meets with clients and pa- for, for parent consults. Provides assessments with new families. He does all the stuff. He's the author of 10 books. Oh, Sissy's also the author of, I think, 12 books, including the best-selling Wild Things, The Art of Nurturing Boys and Raising Emotionally Strong Boys, Tools Your Son Can Build On for Life. He also co-hosts the Raising Boys and Girls podcast and be- has become and is a sought-after speaker when it comes to parenting across the country. Friends and family, give it up. <laughs> this is going to blow your mind. For my great friends and now your human hope friends, Dave, Thomas, and Sissy Goff. All right, human hope familia. <laughs> <laughs> first, of, first and foremost, first and foremost, I want to thank David and Sissy for being here. Just say hello to the Human Hope family. Hi. We are so glad to be here. Oh, Any wow. opportunity to hang out with the two of you that is a is win the for truth. us. Hold on, the two of us? That means there must be somebody else on this podcast. Yes. You oh, dragged me in. I did. <laughs> hey, ladies and gentlemen, your favorite podcast guest Stop. is on on as a co-host today, Heather. I'm here. Um, thanks for being here. What, you, what did you say in the um, as you walked in? You saw the lights and the cameras. Well, last night we had a very epic rain delayed Taylor Swift show and yes. got home and in bed at three. Ooh. And so when we, the alarm went off this morning, um, I had to come with you to this recording because of car situations. And anyways, I literally still have Taylor Swift rain drenched hair i literally (laughs) rolled out of bed not expecting like i'm just coming here to bring you to the office not be on a podcast so and and then i just asked (laughs) and it's recording so that's awesome camera we are recording so david and sissy you've been on the podcast before have both of you been on together before or maybe just i think i've just had each of you individually because we were on theirs together yes but not on yours together that's right so that's fun we have sat in front of microphones in various situations (laughs) just not in this configuration configuration, which i think could maybe bring out a little different conversation than maybe maybe we've had before Uh, it is it is it is mental health awareness month and that is something that you two are very aware of because well, not only do you love people that are walking through things, but it's your job uh, to be aware uh, to be aware of it. So, why don't you guys uh, first just let us know kind of what you guys do, how it coincides together, and then what what it looks like kind of separately in the entity of raising boys and girls. So, I am Sissy. This is David, obviously, and we have been we've been counseling together at a amazing little place called Daystar Counseling for, David, you've been there since 1997. And I've been there since 1993. So So you were three years old? (laughs) Three and four when we got going. We were, yes. So we have gotten to do this work together for a very long time and feel very privileged to get to sit with amazing kids and families every day. And out of that, we get to travel and speak Mm -hmm. and write books and have a podcast and do things like that. We used to call ourselves the Donnie Marie of parenting (laughs) until parents don't know who Donnie Marie are anymore. We've outdated ourselves. We haven't come up with the equivalent (laughs) yet. (laughs) I mean, let's go ahead and do that. Let's come up with the equivalent. Okay. Let's let's make it okay. happen. So if Donnie and Marie was initially yes. uh, who you would have been mm-hmm. when it comes to parenting conversations, who would it be now? 
I have no idea. You're the one that brought this up. So no, well, well, no, the thing, I mean, let, let's, are there this are there any really like sibling? Are there any any like sibling bands or like you know mm-hmm. like um. I mean, it, maybe uh, even if you went like the Hanson siblings, uh, even though they're, they're, they're they I, the sister. What's that? There's no sister. <laughs> I know, but if you added one, that's why I said siblings instead of brothers. Like, what if they have a sister that we don't even know about? Okay, maybe we wow. should ask another question. Okay, maybe another. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, so no, that that was. That <laughs> this is gonna be so uh, fun. Yeah. It is already <laughs> it so was a fun. Good, it was a good effort if you had like it. Well, tucked but, in but your the <laughs> whole point of my podcast is to not have anything tucked in. Yeah. So we're, we're just you know You're we're right, there. So You're doing great. Yeah. David, I mean, do, would you have anything to add to what Sissy has has said about what you guys do? Covered it really well. Yeah, I I would only add to it that it it has been a really neat gift as we've traveled to get to take this many decades of work and yeah. share that with parents. Mm-hmm. We've long said like the best stuff we know is just sitting with kids and families yeah. for all these decades, yeah. mm-hmm. and and as grateful as we are for our training, that's the best stuff yeah. we know. And and just to be with parents and say, here's what we've learned from yeah. a lot of years of sitting with kids. Yeah. Wow. And we get to work with our dogs, which we all oh, yes, have in common. Yes, you do. I, well, great you part guys, of what we do. You sent, our Daystar, sent a book with people, mm. you know, uh, when we lost our dog, you guys sent our kids a book, our family a book. Yes. And everyone re- wrote it in the office. I literally still can't pick up the book. Like, I can't open it. Like, I will be in a puddle. Like, you guys honor dogs and just... Actually, I don't know if I said this before, but you guys are the reason why we have a dog. Because a long time ago, 15 years ago, we were new to Nashville. Carlos was touring. We went to some touring... Um, speaking thing that you yes. guys are doing for touring artists that Al Andrews yes. did. Yes, I it was like yes. in a church. And like, in that, like, I think we met y'all that night in the notes. Whoa. I said, "You said get a dog," wow. and I was like, oh, "I really don't want a dog." Who, you who said, then, but then, well, just because it was, it was, I was had a touring husband yes. and three littles at home. I couldn't imagine bringing a dog into the chaos, but it was the best thing ever. Wow. Yeah, so thanks. Oh, that makes me so Heather, happy. You, you should know we've decided that really meet, may, that really may be our life's work, like mm. helping families get dogs. Get we dogs. hope we've helped some people yeah. along the way, but <laughs> you cannot imagine how many parents have told us over the years, like, yeah. we got a dog yeah, because of the because two of you. Yeah. We adopted a dog because of the two of you, and we're mm-hmm. so grateful for we're that. We're so grateful. What is it about a dog? Talk. I mean, let's just go there. I have heard so many kids over the years say things like, well, the person I talk to the most mm. is my dog. They, mm. they say person. Yes. Yes. I love that. And and I think things, I, I can think of one girl in particular who lost her dad and she mm. just, it was too hard to talk to anybody yeah. about it. And so literally she would sit on the floor with her dog and just talk and cry. And I would say, I want you to say reasons specifically for boys, but I think in this day and time when mm-hmm. I really believe girls are meaner than they've ever been yeah. in 2023, that to come in the door and having encountered all that in your school day and to walk in and have this mm. dog that thinks you're the greatest thing on the planet. Even if you just were so awful to them, they are so excited <laughs> yes. to see you. Yes. They're so full of life. Like they're, you know how they say in parenting, like make sure you light up your eyes when your kid walks in the room, but that's what the dog's doing. Right? <laughs> like the, the dog, dog does is, it so you don't have to. <laughs> hey, hey, parents, parents, well, listen, not, get off the hook. Right, Just get yeah. a dog. You know. Yes. Yeah. And, and that yeah. there is legit research that confirms like really? when mm-hmm. any one of us is petting a dog, like it lowers cortisol, the stress hormone, and it raises serotonin. And, and so yeah. years ago, 
I was one of our therapy dogs at Daystar belongs to me, and we volunteered at Vanderbilt Children's Hospital. And we were a part of the study that they did mm. that found it was kids who'd been newly diagnosed mm. with leukemia. Wow. Mm. And they studied over a period of time kids interacting with dogs and how it affected their white mm. cell count. Like wow. you all, that it changes us biologically in so many different it. ways. And so yeah. it's so fun to keep reading all the research that feels like it's yeah. just confirming everything we've known to be true, which is we're all kind of a better version of ourselves yeah. when we're around a dog. I have two I, things. I will let me go first. And then <laughs> just so remember your two things. <laughs> Jump. Oh, this, is, this is why I had you on as a podcast host, because first of all, I don't have to. I actually could walk out the room now. Heather could just take over and, and I could tell she's already lining things up. But this may be where you're going. So when we, when Sohala was in Vanderbilt this is Hospital. This no, no, you're going to tell it. You're going to tell it. I'm setting you up. I'm putting it on T. We're, we're, so, so so everyone knows, you can go back to, can't remember, we'll put it in the show notes, the episode where Sohaila talks about her time at Vanderbilt for a month. But we were on the oncology floor because mm -hmm. initially they thought that she had a mass in her chest. And so they put us there. Once we were there and they found out it wasn't cancerous, they kept us there. But because we were on that floor, there were these therapy dogs. And... I'll I'll, pa I'll I'll pass it to you now, babe. I won't say another word. see how long in the story. Okay, you go ahead. To go. go ahead. <laughs> so we were there, and it had it was probably like week two. It had been we had been there a while, you know, tons of visitors and everything like that, which is great. I never left the hospital room. I was there with Sohila the whole time, and um, there was one night she was having a really really hard time like mm. like she couldn't breathe because nighttime was always worse and she was in so much pain like when the nurses came in like we didn't have any visitors um at that time just because it was really bad and there was a, a knock on the door and it was like do you want to visit with the dog and at first i said N no like she can't you know like she can't breathe and then i'm like oh no because i'm like thinking that the dog is going to be like like, oh, everything's not perfect in here. Don't come in. But I'm like, oh, no, this is actually the very time that the dog needs to come in. And yes. so that dog came in. We literally wept. Like, it just came up. And she's an animal person anyway. So it just distracted. It brought life. It brought joy. It, brought, it was the, it literally, like, if I talk about it in detail, like, I ball every single time. Because mm. those dogs, like, we were at the. Um, Keep talking in detail. I'd love to hear. Oh, okay. Well, we, we did a thing um, at the women's prison here and they had dogs like mm. some prisoners were able to get dogs and that was the mm -hmm. same thing where like I just could weep at that at that details and the beauty of mm. allowing just I just knew what it did for us yeah. um and so it was just really 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 sweet um and it's, can it's, I yeah tell my favorite dog yes, story please, recently please. so when the covenant shooting happened yeah our, one of the first staff members to go down, well, a couple of staff members went down immediately, but one of them was Katie, mm. who took Pippa. Uh -huh. Y'all know Pippa uh -huh. from oh, Daystar. Yeah. Yeah. And we just heard recently in a staff meeting that there were all, you know, all the kids were gathered down in the basement of the reunification, reunification center. This was the day of. The day of, uh -huh. immediately. Yeah. And the kids filed in and they were there. She was downstairs with Pippa. And and she was going from group to group. And there were so many kids who said, mm. Daystar's here. There's Pippa. Oh. And, you know, when Melissa named Daystar, the name Daystar means Jesus. I'm crying. I know. I mean, I just, I when I heard that story, I immediately yeah. did too. I thought, oh, gosh, that a little dog would represent Jesus yeah. to yeah. these kids sitting in this horrific experience yeah. is such a profound gift. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
<laughs> can I add to that? <laughs> only that Go ahead, as, we've, get one. <laughs> as we've spent time at Daystar with so many of those families, one mm-hmm. of my favorite stories, once the kids finally went back to mm-hmm. school in their temporary space, I heard kid after kid after kid say, you can leave class anytime you need to and go pet a dog. Like they've had dogs on campus constantly. And the peace that I think that has given so Mm -hmm. many kids of knowing if I'm struggling during the day, I can leave Mm -hmm. at any point. And again, Mm -hmm. it's everything we're talking about. They just, they change us. Mm -hmm. They really do. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting just in the sense of like, I mean, obviously you guys see and hear just the heartbreak that is actually in a lot of homes, you mm-hmm. know, and um, and yet the ability, that's why there's a gift of a dog, right? Like, because there could be heartbreak and, and whatever kind of trauma in the house, and yet this dog is solid and not a part of that. It's separate. And so being able to, you know, specifically talking about mental health, being able to have a space where there is peace and where there is not turmoil inside a home mm-hmm. of of chaos, what, yes. whatever that chaos looks like. Like, I think that's, you know, such a huge piece to why mm. dogs are so important. Me too. I had a family I worked with, and when they got divorced, the dog did visitation with the child because really? it was an only child, would go Me back too. and forth. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I think, there you go, in the yeah. midst of chaos and a really hard scenario, the dog is the steadying factor yeah. in both yes. spaces for this child. Wow. Yeah, that's great. This week's episode of Human Hope is brought to you by a brand new partner of Human Hope, Shopify. Listen, a little while ago, I literally had no idea how to sell stuff on the internet besides courses, like products, because I didn't really have any. And my daughter was like, dad, you need some merch. Why don't you sell some t-shirts? And I was like, okay, I don't know how. She's like, let me try to figure it out. So together in 20 minutes, we had a shirt up on Shopify. That is why I'm so glad that I found Shopify. It's made it so much easier for me to have this side hustle, okay? Shopify is the commerce platform for revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're a garage entrepreneur like I was or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool you need to start, run, and grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel, okay? So whether you're selling satin sheets from Shopify's in-person POS system, or offering organic olive oil on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you are covered. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them from browsers, that's right, to buyers. Okay, so listen, a key moment in my business is when we launched my t-shirt with my dad on it, Shopify made it real. So listen, sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash humanhope all lowercase. Okay. Go to shopify.com slash human hope to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash human hope. This week, human hope is also brought to you by indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract interview and hire all in one place. Y'all listen, when you want to go like have some self-improvement, you go to a therapist. If you want to have some self-improvement in your job, in your company, you go to Indeed. They will help improve your business because instead of spending hours on all these job sites looking for candidates with the right skills, yada, yada, Indeed has got you covered all in one single place. They streamline the hiring with these incredible tools that help you find matched 
candidates. Okay, so listen, with Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed data. Now, one of the things I love about Indeed is it makes hiring really easy. It actually helped me hire Whitney from Wisconsin. She uploaded her resume to Indeed. I also found my company through Indeed. So it's a great, great platform. Form. Even better, Indeed is the only job site where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. So start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash human hope. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash human hope. Just go to Indeed.com slash human hope and support the show by saying you heard about it on this podcast, Indeed.com slash human hope. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need indeed. It's 2023. Parents, uh, we've all gone through this collective trauma globally together the last three years. So, you know, I like to tell people, hey, listen, like, give yourself a break. Like, we, we've never done this before, right? right. You've never had to parent a child <laughs> through... Pandemic. pandemics or whatever like this is all this is all new but i'm i'm assuming and i didn't look at the data but you guys probably have that mental health crisis is growing increasingly you know you're you you said something to the effect of you think you believe girls are even meaner and which is probably a result of them medicating walking through this season or whatever Let's maybe just kind of go super wide for a moment for all the parents that are listening that are worried about their kids, that are worried about their, you know, gosh, my 10-year-old or my 8-year-old or my 17-year-old, they're, I'm worried about their mental health. Mm. Help them with their worry. Like, like what, what, what do they do? What, what are some steps they can take? Just a step that they can take. I think one step is better than no steps, mm. you know? I would first say, Carlos, to everything you're saying, you know, I don't think it was a surprise to any of us that during the pandemic, the U.S. Surgeon General declared youth mental health a state of emergency wow. because we were seeing more kids than ever struggle before the pandemic. Mm. The numbers mm. around anxiety that Sissy talks about were so high already, and all it did was accelerate everything. Mm -hmm. Everything that was hard got harder. And yeah. so I think the one upside of that, yeah. you know, for all the hard, the good is I don't remember a time in history when we have been talking about mental health as much yes. and yeah. that we've especially. never been paying as much mm -hmm. attention to how kids are doing. And so to your question, I think we are all wanting to be thinking about yep. one step, small yep. steps that we can take on behalf of supporting ourselves yep. first yes. and our kids second. Mm -hmm. We talk a whole lot about that. I would say that would be my first step That's to any great. parent That's listening so is mm -hmm. I got off a plane last night and I am thankful every time I get that reminder from flight attendants who say, Put your mask on first uh -huh. so that you can help the people around yeah. you. And we forget that as parents. And so wow, that's so good. The first step I would say is making sure you have practices and strategies in place to care for yourself so that you can show up for the kids you love. That's so good. Yeah. I don't know yeah. what you'd add to I that as a that. next step. Well, I, I love that, David. I think that's so true. And and I think in this day and time, I would say, too, that we just want to stay as dialed in as we can, mm. that we want to spend time with them. We want to have our eyes mm. on them and to feel like 
if in doubt at this point, I would yeah. say go ahead and call a counselor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I, my favorite picture of, of how I think we can normalize that, I had a mom who came in and she said, you know, my daughter said, why do we have to do this? And I said, yeah. my job as a parent is to build your team. Mm-hmm. And of course, I have people mm-hmm. on your health, physical health team that right. are your doctors. We have people on your cognitive team, academic team that are your teachers. Why would I not have someone on your emotional Great. team? Mm-hmm. And that's what counseling is. Yeah. And, and I feel like we are sitting with more parents than ever before who are saying, I just want another set of eyes. Yeah. This may be normal. This may be what adolescence looks like because it certainly looks like depression in a lot of windows. Yeah. And it's not. But it might be. Mm-hmm. And, and we're living in this place, as David said, that everything is on the rise. We're now looking at anxiety impacting one in four kids, girls twice wow. as likely one in three adolescents. And so it is so rampant. And there are there are so many things we can do to help kids. Mm, yeah. And so just to have another set of eyes on, even if you only take your child a couple of times and the counselor says they're really okay. Yeah. yeah. I just think we can never fault on that side. Right, I mean, right. To I, remove the stigma. I love that. Yes. Yeah. I love that. I was saying um, last week when we saw you, you got to meet my best friend. Who yes. I would say is, you, you know, she's known my kids prior to my kids so um so it you know i said you're you're our third mom in my in my girl's life like it's me jacinda and you in regards to like the voice that that they got to have because we moved here when they were like 10 Mm. so their their teenage years were you Mm. equally involved and so Mm. even if it's like obviously counseling at some degree but all just having other eyes and ears and influences of of other wise people in your kid's life i think it's just so valuable for for them because there are things that my kids aren't going to come to me with you know they're not because it's usually about me (laughs) (laughs) no never (laughs) you know and so being able to have relationships for your kids and that may at some point look like a counselor you know and and there are times you've walked my kids through some pretty dark stuff and Mm -hmm. and and you know they the beauty is that you get to see them on the other side too, right? Like they yes, are thriving absolutely. and, you know, like Amazing people. healed and all the things, you know, like Lysiah witnessed a terrible accident. And like literally as we're driving my dad to the hospital, I'm calling David, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, and, and obviously not everyone has access to you, but, but people have access to people like you. Yes. yes. And it's just so important to build your team. You know, like you were saying, with people that really can come into your your family and help and mm. team up with you. Take and for y'all, too. I mean, I think Absolutely. all either one of us have done over the years is say, you two are amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, really. And, yes. and I think mm-hmm. to help parents trust their own intuition mm-hmm. and to have yeah. somebody that reminds it, you you're doing a great job that is I so important. echo that from the one that receives that from you, too. Mm. Like, the amount of encouragement that you guys say, you're doing you're doing great and you're not alone like that that you know like we come to you with something that we feel like is like life altering in our family and you're like yeah like you're not alone (laughs) literally (laughs) just just seeing seeing your eyes you're like oh the eye the eyes of a counselor Mm -hmm. to a parent that that are eyes that are just reassuring like you're not alone is Mm -hmm. yeah you know that that is uh you know that that that's really big you know and i think Parents that are listening um, to the podcast right now, let, let's 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 do boys for a second and girls for a second. 
let's go, let's go boys. Let's go. They're very different. <laughs> yeah, they are. They're, they're, they're very different. And so, you know, um, all, all, all of our kids, like, um, you know, they, my kids have been on, on my podcast talking about Daystar. They're, mm-hmm. they're all very vocal about how much they love Daystar. But obviously, you know, every kid is different. Uh, and I, and I do believe that boys and girls are different when, when it comes yes. to, you know, dealing with things for the parents of a, of a young boy that just doesn't share his emotions, just it's, they, they may be thinking, does he have an emotion? Like, like, <laughs> like it is, where, where is it? Like, and then it may come out as anger. It may come out as rage. Talk to the parents of boys for a second and, and how to help their boys navigate their emotions. Yeah. I would first say, Carlos, to that great question that a hundred percent, they have emotions. Yeah. They're not showing it. I watched you all, um, just this weekend was finishing. Have you watched Welcome to Wrexham? Yes. Oh, well, we haven't finished it. Okay. Spoiler alert. I won't give anything away, but there's this great and hilarious episode where they, Talk about the way men relate yeah. and how they come together around sporting events yep. and how emotional they are oh, in yeah. those moments. Oh. And they show all these clips of adult men like screaming, hugging, hugging crying, oh, yeah. jumping into I, each I other's arms, one, like so all these different things. And they're like, like, we're comical to act like men don't have emotion. <laughs> like just watch them in the space. Awesome. And so I think think on that first. But yeah. if I go all the way back to the beginning of development, what I would say is, you know, at 16-month well visits with a pediatrician. Pediatricians would say girls on average are saying 100 words. Boys are saying about 30. Wow. So right out of the gate, she has a larger general Mm -hmm. vocabulary, Mm -hmm. which makes sense that her emotional vocabulary would be larger as well. So we're going to have to labor longer to help him develop that. Yeah. And then somewhere around... Nine to 10, boys begin to channel all primary emotions, fear, sadness, confusion, disappointment, Mm -hmm. into one emotion, and that's anger. Wow. And culturally, we support that. We say in a lot of different ways, it's okay for boys to be angry. It's it's not okay to be scared or sad. And so all of that is happening just in terms of his biology on the front side of development. And then we socialize in that direction when we're not aware. So Mm -hmm. one challenge I'd give any parent listening right now would be to say that research tells us that in conversations just around our tables when we're talking about our day, we are more likely to ask boys what they did Mm -hmm. and we ask girls how they felt about what they did. Mm -hmm. And if we move beyond that, we ask boys then, well, what did you think about that? Mm -hmm. We ask, what did you do and what do you think? But we rarely get to how did yeah. you feel about that event happening? Wow. Whereas with girls, we'll instinctively go there. So I think we're kind of furthering sure. what's sure. already in motion. Yeah. So On accident. Like, like, absolutely. Yeah. Not knowing. Not knowing. There's even research around kind of in the two to four space how moms will, when they're not aware, sometimes work harder to control their son's emotional volatility and give mm. girls more space to do that. And dads will kind of verbally roughhouse with boys and then be more tender with girls mm-hmm. talking. And so there's just a lot we do when we're not aware, yeah. to your great mm-hmm. point, yeah. that kind of furthers those things and makes the instinct that I think is already there for boys to move towards suppression instead of expression to just be in motion. And then I would just lastly say when Sissy was talking about anxiety, you know, the one in four stats, girls being twice as likely, what's interesting is that more boys get taken in for help. Even though way more girls struggle. And we talk a lot about that difference that 
a lot of girls become more perfectionistic and pleasing when they're anxious. Huh. And with boys, it comes out sideways more as anger more often. So suddenly mm. the parent is going to see that. Absolutely. As, yeah. Oh, this is way more shocking. We got to get help. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And even reinforce the daughter yeah. for what's yes. f- being fueled by anxiety. Interesting. Yeah. So he's wow. struggling and it's yeah. kind of coming out sideways all over the place. And she's overperforming sometimes. Yeah. And yeah. so that's a lot of what Sissy and I both think is part of why that stat is true, that more boys get taken in. And I would, you know, just end by saying I think – Anger is a primary presentation for both anxiety and depression with boys. Like we tend to miss depression with boys because we're thinking about how it more traditionally looks on adult females, which is sad, lethargic. Uh I'm having Uh trouble getting out of bed. And a lot of times with boys, it's that he's more irritable, angry, volatile. Mm. I had a mom years ago of a teenage boy say to me, it's like he wakes up every day with a low-grade chronic irritability, Mm. which is what I think depression can look like on an adolescent yeah. boy. Mm. Wow. Wow. So we got to lean in farther and look for more because it won't always oh. show up in the ways we're thinking that with is boys, the struggle. so helpful. Feelings. <laughs> you know, I, I, I hear that sometimes, and, and I, I think Losiah may be the one that brought home, uh, there was like different faces in one word. Like, mm-hmm. or what, what are the feelings? What, what, feelings what are some feelings that parents feelings can, can, yeah, it was, maybe it was a feeling chart that parents can even, even in conversation with their kids, mm-hmm. help them. What are these feelings? What are, yes. what are they? We are huge proponents yeah. of a feelings yes, chart. We okay. Are. We have one you can download on our website. Okay. We take one every time What's we speak. Raisingboysandgirls.com. And we believe strongly in it. And I would even say to the question you asked about what are some first steps, that would be a first mm-hmm. step we both okay. feel strongly yeah. about. Like yeah. have it out on the ready yeah. that I think reminds us to be folding in more of that yeah. language. Mm-hmm. Like we laugh about uh, when we teach, we'll often say like when you're asked about your day, don't say it was fine. Fine <laughs> is an acronym for feelings in need of expression. That's oh. what fine is. That's good. But go deeper. Say like, you know what? I felt embarrassed. I had to give a presentation to the board and I didn't feel prepared. I felt sad. I think I said something that hurt a friend's feelings and I want to circle back and check on that. Knowing that that's landing on the kids we love. And I think, you know, part of there's a lot of reasons that I would say your son is such a rock star. But part of it is that he gets to sit front row and watch the primary male in his life, his dad. Talk about his experience yeah. over and over. And that changes the game. Mm, when yeah. boys can see that on other males, okay, that's what it looks like. And yeah. guess what? When you're an adult man, you still feel scared sometimes. Yeah. You yeah. still feel incompetent a lot. You yeah. still feel like everybody around you knows what they're doing and I don't. And wow. so that changes the game in terms of naming those experiences yeah. and giving boys permission to feel. That's good. That's good. I love it. This is why you're here, both of you. This is amazing. <laughs> okay. We're we're moving to the girls. Okay. Your last book. There were there. Well, first of all, I I got to write a forward for uh, two so books ago honored. for Sissy. So honored. So thank you. I felt like a rock star oh, just for that. Boy. Um, but but talk talk to us. Where 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 is where is Sissy right now? Where are your eyes when it comes to girls in 2023 mm. and parents that are listening? Just. Lean into them right now. Like, like what, what do you feel like they need to hear about girls right now that they're raising? Anxiety. Anxiety. That is definitely where my eyes mm-hmm. are. And yeah. and it is, interestingly, it has shifted. So the reason I wrote that book is yeah. I was, evidently, I don't even remember this, but we wrote a book called Are My Kids on Track? I don't know uh-huh. how many years ago, where we talked about the four emotional and four social and four spiritual milestones all kids needed to reach. And I must have written something in there about 
the average age of onset for anxiety in girls was somewhere around eight. Okay. And our publisher came to me and said, hey, I read this. Would you write a book for eight-year-old girls about anxiety? And my first response was no. (laughs) And then I came back and said, only if I can write one for parents too. Mm. Because wow. of exactly what David said, because it anxiety is something that doesn't just impact the one child yeah. in an isolated sense. It impacts the family. And so wrote Raising Worry Free Girls, yep. wrote Braver, Stronger, Smarter for elementary age girls. And yep. then the pandemic hit. Yep. And then I immediately was most worried about adolescence. And mm-hmm. so I wrote this book for teenage girls. Well, since then, I've, I am sitting with more and more parents who are bringing in their anxious daughter. Mm-hmm. And I will sit with them and say, do you happen to have any family history for anxiety? And they'll say, no, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think I'm anxious at all. Right, and right. you know, when you're with someone that's really anxious, sometimes it kind of comes over in <laughs> yeah. waves. Like, and I'll think, oh, sure. no, okay. I think there might be a little in your family. And so I have a book coming out in August called The Worry-Free Parent. Let's go. That is exactly meant to Amazing. deal with what David talked about, the oxygen mass mentality. And, and what we know to be true that really the best way mm. to help your kids deal with their own anxiety is to deal with yours. Mm. And so... Anyway, just wanting yes. to get as much helpful information as we can to parents because the thing about anxiety in particular is the primary therapy modality we would use is called cognitive behavioral therapy, okay. which y'all know this, yep. but it's super practical. And so I wrote those books. David has some books for boys, Raising Emotionally Strong Boys and Strong and Smart, that are really meant to be kind of the first line of defense to mm-hmm. say, uh-huh. you don't have to go see a counselor first. Try these things at home. Yeah, and if they great. move the needle, then you don't even yeah. have to do that at yeah. this point. But it's such practical things that we would know, like breathing and mindfulness, mm. you know, experiences, different things like that, games even that we kind of into a child's practices, but that would certainly be where I've been most worried about girls and perfectionism is on the rise, like we're talking about so yeah. much with girls too, that I've been really worried about. And so it just feels like we need to, not only we need to get tools in their hands, but I think we need to change their environments as much mm-hmm. as we can to alleviate that. some of the pressures at home. And, you know, I'm ready to go lobby at, I don't know what where you even go lobby with the education system <laughs> yeah. to say it's too much. Yeah, There's just too much right now in wow. the lives of kids and wow. girls, I think, particular taking it to heart. So I love that you said that. And, you know, so often people because, you know, Carlos and I had a, a really we weren't going to make it um, mm. in in our marriage. And um, so many people ask us, why, how are your kids so great? And honestly, I can say because they watched us walk through a really hard time and they saw us do it well and they you know and we they saw us get tools and you know and so now like even today Sayana's going to this like liberty prayer thing you know like because she's like oh I'm coming up against some things I'm actually going to take the initiative to go and and you know take action and so they're doing mm-hmm. things and I I didn't tell her to do that but she knows oh something's not right right now. I need to take care of myself and, and I'm going to make an appointment, you know, and, and, and we were the very thing that, you know, somebody comes to me, Oh, what did you do? when this, and I said, I took care of myself. Like I did not care about our marriage. I cared about me. And that Mm -hmm. was the first step. And I love that you guys are saying that in regards to parents, like take care of yourself first, get the environment that the houses that the kids are in solid and and whole and take those actions and they're watching and they're you know and then when you become more peaceful more you know 
engaged in tools that are helping you in whatever circumstance you're in, that really actually is parenting them. Yes. And in that you're not even doing anything other than doing for yourself, but they're watching. They're watching. Yes. Yeah. We talk so much about John 16, 33, about in this world, we're going to have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Partly because I think girls don't think they should experience trouble Mm. today. And Mm. and social media is a piece of that. You know, my life should be the highlight. And so for you all to have walked through trouble, for them to have watched it firsthand and for you to wrestle with that and Mm -hmm. with each other and come out on the other side Mm -hmm. helps them know every marriage is going to hit hard Mm -hmm. places. Helps them know I can encounter something hard and work through it it's normal for me to fail it's normal for me to struggle and i'm not alone in it i mean y'all what not that you would have ever intentionally been teaching them those lessons in that time but but man they got looking back when people ask me that i'm like oh that that's why yes and i think it's probably why your two girls are two of the most resilient girls i've ever known in my life yeah they are strong yeah because they've watched the two of you yeah When I walked back in my front door, I noticed the little turquoise package that I know what is inside of it. It's my Haya vitamins. I love taking Haya vitamins. And you know, I just think it's crazy that they're for kids and I love taking them. Why? Well, because they taste great. And also because I know that your kids, because my kids love them as well. Okay, so listen, typical children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise. I've talked about this before. Two teaspoons of sugar unhealthy chemicals, and all kinds of other junk growing kids should never eat are inside of most vitamins for kids. That's why Haya was created. It's a pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamins. Okay, let me tell you uh, what's inside this thing. Now, inside of it, there's a pressed blend of 12 organic fruits and veggies, then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals, including vitamin D, B12, C, zinc, folate, and so many others to help support your kids' immunity, energy, brain function, mood, concentration, teeth, bones, and so much more. Listen, this is what you guys need. Get yourself some indeed. I love it. So this is what we've done. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Receive 50% off your first order. This is massive. I need I need everybody to do this right now. 50% off your first order. To claim the deal, just give it a shot. You got to go to HIYAHealth.com slash human hope. That's HIYAHealth.com slash human hope. This deal is not available on the regular website. You have to go to HIYAHEALTH.com slash human hope and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Hey there, I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything, that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these moments. Their stories are full of candor and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's, it, it feels like the sky is falling sometimes. Mm-hmm. If, if we look back and we look at the data and we look at the, you know, the trends and school shootings and kids being scared, just go to school. Mm-hmm. Like, like all it, sometimes it can feel, oh my gosh, what, yeah. I'm overwhelmed with worry. This, this show is, I try towards, towards the end of conversations 
and, and it's sometimes it's hard in difficult conversations. I mean, I've talked about the death penalty. I've talked about a lot of mm-hmm. heavy things on the show, but I, you are two of the most hopeful people that I just walking in yeah. a room. I feel mm-hmm. hope with you. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's blow some air into the lungs, some hopeful air into the lungs of these parents that mm-hmm. are listening right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I say all the, well, actually I haven't said this in a, in a while. I need to put it back in my talks, but when I first moved to middle Tennessee, I developed asthma. I never had asthma my whole life, um, but I didn't know I had. Heather told me, I hear you breathing funny at night. Like you sound like Darth Vader. I was like, what? I feel fine. Like I, I was like, but fine, I'll go to an allergist. I go to the allergist and I'm like, um, Hey, um, my wife says that I'm not breathing well, but I'm exercising. I feel fine. He's like, okay, well let's just check. So we had me blow into a tube or in a sun machine or something. And he's like, you're only using 60% of your lung capacity. And I was like, what? And then he gave me an inhaler. I've never taken an inhaler. I took a, a puff and my lungs in two seconds went from breathing at 60% to a hundred percent. And when I felt that rush of air, I didn't know that I wasn't breathing. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so, so it's, it's like, I, it was yeah. the slow, uh, the pollen and middle tent slow. And, and so I'd gotten used to breathing at 60%. Mm. I didn't know. And I feel like a lot of parents that are listening to this, they don't even know they're not breathing at 100%. They don't even know their kids aren't breathing at 100%. Mm. That, they're, that, or that they're breathing at 60%. I feel like what what you have helped us do is you're our inhaler. <laughs> like, like, I feel like when I have a conversation with you, I'm like, little, oh, th- this, is, this is what it feels like to breathe at 100%. Like, this mm. is it. Let's, let's, let's give them an inhaler hit. Let's give them some hope. Is mm. it... A, the data showing us this is getting worse and worse and worse. Mm. What, what's some hope they can take away from it's good. from this conversation? Mm. Mm. Love that. Me too. Yeah. And I want to first say, you two are putting so much hope out in the yes, world. Yes, you are. Goodness, <laughs> in a it million is a joy to know you both. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. And you know, Carlos, when you were asking that, I was thinking just for, for myself as a person, like yeah. when I start to slide into that, belief that the sky is falling, yeah. which any of us could do on any sure. given day to think strategically, okay, what are you doing or not doing that you could be doing mm. that would shift you out of that? And I yeah. think of two things. I think about how often we have said to parents, particularly with anxious kids, like, don't read so much news. Like yeah. you got, you need to turn set a limit and then yeah. turn it off. And yeah. then I've been guilty. Like yeah. I have had to say to myself, why are you still reading? Why is this the last thing you're reading wow. before you go to bed instead yeah. of something else? And when I think Good. about that, I I put this chapter in my last book called Upward and Outward okay. that I cannot take credit for. I learned this. My kids all ran cross country in uh-huh. school and my daughter's coach, my daughter came home one time when she was in high school and said, we had this just brutal uphill practice today. And my coach challenged us when you are at the steepest part the most out of breath, the most thinking, I am never going to get to the top of this. She's like, I want you to look up, identify one person on your team and start cheering for them. Wow. Wow. And I locked into that wisdom and thought, that's amazing. And what she said next, I loved even more. She was like, it's not going to make it less painful. Yep. Mm -hmm. You will still have the same distance to get to the top Mm -hmm. of the hill, all those things. But your attention will shift and you cannot be as miserable as you were in that moment as you will be cheering. And so cheering I have thought else. about that so often. And my daughter was like, it just, 
it really did change all of us. Like wow. instead of just this is miserable, this mi it's like, you got this, Brooke. You yeah, got this. Like yeah. the screaming oh, wow. for somebody else. I love that. And it feels so in keeping with that wisdom we all yeah. talk about. You know, Mr. Rogers' mother of just saying, look for the helpers. Like, are yeah. we looking up? Are we looking out? Mm as a way to shift where we are that mm -hmm. I think is a practice. Yeah. Like, that's great. I, you know, I talk about in the book, like you don't think your way into a new way of living. You live your way into a new mm -hmm. way of thinking. Yeah. Like I have to do things. Yeah. I have to start cheering for other people that yeah. move me in that direction. I have to look for the helpers, find them, identify yeah. them and lock into that would so be something good. I would say. Thank you, David. Mm, it's really great. I would add that I think when I feel most like the sky's falling, yeah. I think I start there and I always turn inward. Okay. That it quickly becomes that I'm falling. Yeah. It's not yeah. just the sky. Mm -hmm. And I can get much more down about myself than yeah. I can the sky. And we went to a conference our staff did a couple years ago. I'll never forget. Dan Allender mm -hmm. taught yes. a conference. And he said something I've never heard anybody say to this degree. And he said, your children are one of the only relationships that you don't get to pick. Mm. Pick mm. your spouse, you pick yeah. your friends, but you don't get to pick who each of your kids yeah. are, which said to me, somebody a whole lot smarter than any of us picked, picked. Mm. Osiah yes. and Sayana yeah. and Sohela mm -hmm. for the two of you and yeah. knew that you two were who those three kids needed yes. and that those three kids were who you needed. Right. Mm. And we talk often about how in all these years of counseling kids, we believe every parent has one child who pushes their buttons the most, and it's often the oldest of their same gender or the one who's most like them. And so even for that child, mm. God still picked you. Yes. And so thinking about in those moments where you feel like the sky's falling, I'm falling, you're right where you're supposed to be. Yeah. You're who you're supposed to be. And you have, with God, everything you need yes. to lead these kids, to love these kids, as he has already equipped you to do. Yeah. Oh, do we have two hours? Can we just keep <laughs> yeah. going? This Can is, we just this hang out with y'all all day? Please. You, you, uh, you two are, there's a sign hanging above you with my face blurred out on it, but it says human hope. Mm. And you're literally the definition of that. Mm. So thank you. You've been the definition of that for... Our kids, our family, yeah. and so many other people. And mm. honestly, I, I just, you know, it, don't don't mind me if I get a little charismatic here for a moment. But but I um, Pentecostal. I don't know. I don't know what you want to call it. But I literally feel um, like like I see in front of me like 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 you're you're on this freeway, um, both of you riding in your little boys and girls car <laughs> and the freeway, like you're leading, you, you see, I, I just mm -hmm. see, you have the cop car that kind of mm -hmm. goes like this. Mm -hmm. I just, I, I feel like, like you, you're helping everybody like get in this direction. Like, okay, slow down, everyone relax. Cause there's trauma ahead. There's stuff in front mm -hmm. of us. And what I, what I saw just as you were both sharing that at the end is, you know, when the cop car gets off the freeway mm -hmm. and everybody just gets to go. And that's, what I feel like you've been gifted to do. Mm. And uh, so I just want to say thank you. Mm. And oh, um, um, I love you both. Wow. Thanks for being here. We love you both very yeah. much. All the best. Thanks for being our lifeline. Yeah. And, oh, and I will say our lifeline is here, but I talked to a high school friend out in California, and she is like, I 
lost my mind when I heard that you were on David and Sissy's podcast. <laughs> like you're, but like she had no connection that we would know you. You know, like Aww. she just didn't know that because we just pop in every few years. And literally, like you're the lifeline. Not only mm. yes, personally, because we're in Nashville, but to people. Yeah. All over, yeah. and and you know, I know y'all were the first that. interview we ever did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I remember that, that first. Oh, no. That's so crazy. Yeah. We set I the like bar so high. so high. So high. Yep. <laughs> first interview. Awesome. Love you guys. We love, love you, you too. Well, I told y'all. I I what did I say? What did I say? Life changing, right? Life changing conversation. David Thomas, Sissy Golf. I don't even know if you know, I don't know if they listen to my podcast, if they know what actually this is going to do for so many parents. What it, what it's doing is it's alleviating our worry. And can I tell you something? It's alleviating our worry. And Sissy has a new book that helps us do that. You guys, it's called The Worry-Free Parent, Living in Confidence So Your Kids Can Too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> can I talk about devouring this book? Sissy, I've, I've read all her books and um, she's, you know, we're living in a state and a culture where we are stressed and we are worried as parents. Um, we don't have to be, and she is helping us. So you guys, you can pick that up wherever books are sold. The Worry-Free Parent, Living in Confidence so that your kids can too. Some of the other things that, you know, I just, I want us to remember that they said in the podcast, a couple kind of, I don't know, nuggets. The one thing when David was talking about making sure you have plans and practices in place to care for yourself so that you can show up for the kids you love, that's that's exactly what Sissy's book is going to do for you. And therapy for yourself. Don't just put your kids in therapy. Find it yourself. Something Sissy said, not only do we need to get tools in our girls' hands, but we need to change their environments as much as we can to alleviate some of the pressures. Gosh, just so much good stuff. And uh, I hope you guys will support David and Sissy. Get their books, book them to speak at all your events, all the things. Listen to their podcast, Raising Boys and Girls. It's going to be, they, they, they're going to change your lives. Dr. Delight, can we please hit it? Hey. Hey, y'all get ready, men, women, and children. Hope is in the building. Let's say it together. Men, women, and children. Hope is in the hope is in the building. If my rapping style does not say 1988, I don't know whatever would. Hey, friends, thanks for hanging out. Please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Next week, we got some of our close friends, Blake and Allie Bergstrom. We're we're now leaning and reaching into wisdom from friends that we have looked up to in their parenting. They were just just a little bit ahead of us and we modeled a lot of our parenting after them. Y'all are are not going to want to miss next week's episode. Please subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and I'll see you next week on the Human Hope Podcast.